This life-changing message is brought to you by Strong Christian Church, a united denomination originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches, where the Word of God is imparted clearly, practically, and comprehensively. Our aim is to provide a solid foundation, a Bible-based instruction to our church members to equip them to teach and preach wherever they may be. God bless you as you listen to this message. You know, I've not bothered to define vision because any, any, you see, a vision is a vision. Anything that you see in your mind's eye, it may be a revelation from God, like you are there as a person and God opens the heavens and makes you to see something. Are you with me? A vision is a vision. Whether that, whatever you see in your mind's eye of wanting to become. You know, I was not born a doctor. I was not born a medical doctor. I was born a baby that was wing all over the place. You know how boys, sometimes when you are changing them, especially boys, because they have this gun. Baby girls don't do that. It's baby boys that can make you drink what you have not, you have not crawled for. And they, for whatever reason, they wait for you to remove their diapers. And then they fire you. <laughs> Is there any mother here who can testify with me? It's as if they are waiting to... to they, get, they are waiting for the target. <laughs> you know? What was I saying? How did I get here? <laughs> Yes, I'm saying I was not born a doctor. I was, not, I was born just a normal boy like all other boys you know. Did you get it? But the vision or the desire in my heart of not wanting to be the way I was, did you get it? Organized me into a doctor. I didn't have a vision that I want to be a doctor. Are you with me? Like, as a child, I wanted to be a doctor. No, it's never true. I don't remember. You know, all children have something they want to be. I don't remember ever wanting to be a doctor because I hate going to a doctor. My mother said, somehow, I don't know how it came to be, but she, she always said that every time we, she had a doctor, at, I don't know, the person was not a food, like a doctor, doctor, but you know, these medical assistants and things, yeah. And she said that for whatever reason, I'll be okay, but once she starts heading towards the road, somehow she doesn't know how I know, then I start crying. <laughs> Do you get it? Because I didn't like, I mean, blood. The smell of blood can even make me collapse. Not now. Then. Do you get it? So I'm trying to explain to you that I never had a vision to be a doctor, but the vision I had was that I don't want to be poor because I tasted what it means to be poor. And it's not a place. It's not something you taste for the rest of your life. So that vision of not wanting to be poor set me out or it set out the agenda of my life to the point that, to the point that as 14-year-old child, I made a decision. Instead of walking five minutes to school, I decided to go and stay at a place where I can have facilities to study. And in exchange for that, I will walk one hour to school. You see, I'm trying to explain to you what your vision makes you do. You see, so when you are a, a, a human being without a vision, you are a human being with a big problem. I, I hope you understand what I'm trying to say. 
You see, you may not be rich today or you may not have financial sufficiency today. But that is not a problem. The real problem is when you don't have a vision. Because you see, I grew up in an environment of freedom. The school I went to, the secondary school, the high school I went to, it had no wall. It is rented houses of people that had been put together as a school. So, like, it's a normal street passes through. So sometimes when you are sitting in the classroom, you see people passing on the street. And you see some guys smoking daha somewhere behind. I mean, some of the, and it's supposed to be a boarding school, so there's a hostel. And this is a, a wallless, a wallless boarding school. Now, you see, sometimes people, you think that your situation is bad. But your situation is not bad. The problem is that you don't have a vision. That is why it looks like your situation has swallowed you. Oh, yes. I mean, the, the dormitories, you know, the dormitories, the student hostels, there are houses rented. There's a, a public park. It, it pains me that in my days, there was not these phone cameras that could have taken videos. I should have taken videos so that I'll be showing you for you to see it yourself. Do you get it? But, but what made the difference is the vision. The vision that I am poor, but I am not condemned to be poor. There's no prayer from heaven that says that this lack every day that is, is manifested in my home is my, is my lot forever. There was no prayer from heaven. So in other words, that was how I started. But I was not condemned to finish like that. I hope you're understanding it. So, so stop whatever it is that you are moaning. You know, if my father had done this, if my mother had done this, if my this, my that. Stop moaning. Stop it. Stop it. What is the vision of your life? You see, what somebody has done that has put you in a situation. It's beyond your control. That the person made a choice. And you find yourself in it. Now you have to make a choice to either be in it or get out of it. I hope you're understanding what I'm saying. And I'm saying to you that lack everything. I said, lack everything. Don't have everything. But let it not be you're not having a vision. And especially, especially now that you have met Jesus. Because, you see, you have met the supplier of everything your life will need. The only thing that is, and that's whatever, where there's no vision, the people, the people perish. And then, but he that keepeth the law, in other words, he that obeys God's way, he that is guided by God, he that is guided by God, they can be one thing, they'll be happy. Hallelujah. So, you see, I'm preaching generally that whatever, well, even if you are an unbeliever, you must have a vision. Of course, as an unbeliever, the quality of the vision you have would always be inferior to the vision that a Christian can have. And you see, by a simple decision, a vision that I would not want to die poor. It made me decide as a 14-year-old child. And think of what 14-year-old children do. Made me decide that instead of staying five minutes away from school, 
I'm going to stay one hour walking distance away from school. Just so that I can have a place when I wake up, I'll study. Because once I decided I don't want to live in poverty for the rest of my life, I took stock of what I have. And at that time, what I had was a mother who was willing to pay any price for me to go to school. That was what I had. And therefore, the decision to engage myself in the education that was available to me contributed to my position where I am today. Because after I finished high school, I passed very well. Mathematics, not math literacy. They get not math literacy, they're proper maths. Do you get it? The symbols were, the symbols started, the quality one started from A. And to the poorer quality was F. F means failure. That's the grading. A is the best. F is, it's not, it's not. It, it didn't survive. F for failure. Now, now, with that decision, that decision, I ended up with A in maths, A in physics, and A in chemistry, and a B in life orientation, the equivalent of life orientation. <laughs> no, no, I'm not saying it. I'm just showing you that in me, in me, was all that I needed to get out of poverty. But I needed to take the decision to have a vision to get out of poverty. Many of us seated here have no idea what is in us until we give ourselves to a vision. Oh, yes. Until we give ourselves to a vision. Because, you see, the, your vision would unveil in your, or will bring out what God has given to you. So when I finished, an old man, I personally wanted to do engineering. That was, that was, that was what I wanted to do. I wanted to do engineering. But an old man advised me and said that it is better I do medicine because I will eat all the days of my life wherever I am. And that's why I did medicine. It's not like I have a vision to be a doctor. No. No. And probably that's why the Lord also knows why, because he knows that he will stop me along the way. So if I, if I did something that I love so much, the, the stopping will be a problem. Do you get it? So, so what I'm trying to say is that, what is your vision? What is your vision? The reason why some of the problems are still present in your life is because of the absence of a vision. Because you see, the absence of a vision gives you no steps to take. So every step that you are offered, you take it. Don't make a mistake to think that I grew up as an ideal child. I didn't. You see, my children don't have the freedom of doing foolishness. Because the thing is that you are dropped in the morning. By the time the school closes, 30 minutes after, they are picking you. So how much chance do you have? And where you stay, you don't even know how to go out from the house to town. For you to sneak out. I mean, for you to get a taxi... After sneaking out, you have to walk about, a, I don't know whether it's a kilometer or about under, under a kilometer, but you have to walk. It's far. <laughs> do you get it? So, so they don't have the privilege of doing, they can do it if they want to do it because this day they don't even have to go out of the house. 
I hope you are getting what I'm saying. But I had the privilege of doing anything. And for a time in my life, I was just going out in the house in the morning, coming late at night. My mother would beat me. The following day, I'll go again. So, so don't think that it's like, oh no, because you are a special child, maybe you don't have my problems. Look, there's, there's nobody special. Are you with me? But that decision, that decision immediately stopped me from allowing myself to move according to the wind. Because I had friends, you know, I went to school early. My classmates, I mean, one of my classmates has passed away. They buried him yesterday. He's 62 years old. 62 years old. And I'm only 55. No, no, and I sat in class with him. I'm trying to explain to you that I, it's not like, oh, I was with my age group. So can you imagine when you are 14 and your classmates are 19, 20? And you know what 20-year boys do? You know the, the, way, the things they do. Whilst you, are, whilst you are playing with toys and other things and watching television, they are doing other things. They are into other things. And I had a friend, a very good friend of mine, who was into girls. And I'll be following him around. Sometimes midweek. Midweek, whilst in school. Whilst in school, midweek. Wednesday night. We will go out to the discos. I don't know how you call it. It's not a tavern. Nightclubs, nightclubs. Now, you see, that's what happens when you don't have a vision. Anything goes. And some of you here, you are in church. But because you don't have a vision, anything is going for you. I said, anything is going for you. You come to church, even Sunday morning, they have to force you to come to church. They have to, they have to, it's like tackle you. They have to cross you and arrange such that you can't, you say you're, you don't have clothes, then they give you clothes. You say you don't have transport. They, you don't, some of you, you are here. You are here because somebody decided that you must be here. And, and you know, do you know why? Do you know why? It's because you are visionless. I said, it's because you are visionless. But this morning, or this afternoon, whichever time it is, this day, this day, today, today, do you get it? You must not leave this place without a vision. And if you ask me, how can I have a vision? I'll show you. Have the vision that God has for you. You know why? You know why? God will pay all the bills for it. Because it is his vision for you. You see, the vision that I have for my children as a parent, once they accepted it, I bore all the responsibility that I'm supposed to bear for them to do it. I can't learn for them, but any other thing that they they needed that must be paid by somebody, I paid for it. My children don't have prayer meeting to get a textbook. Do you get it? Hey, Bishop, you must be very rich. Please stop that. Stop that. You see, you don't have to be rich to be able to provide for the needs of your children. You just have to live way below your means and you have enough for the needs of your children. So instead of, instead of driving a Range Rover, do you get it? instead of driving a Range Rover, I drive a Toyota. And instead of changing my car every three years, my Toyota is going to 10 years. It's actually 10 years this year. And it's still driving. And I have no intention of changing it. Do you get it? So for the past 10 years, I'm not paying for any car. So I, whatever little I get, it's still available for the disbursement to the lives of the people who have accepted my vision. Are you with me? 
Yeah. In order to have enough. But I'm trying to explain to you that have the vision that God has for you. God will be responsible for bringing it to pass by providing you with the resources that you need. He said, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you, that you should go forth and bear fruit, and that your fruit will remain. And then he adds on, that whatsoever you ask of my father, it shall be granted unto you. Whatever you ask. Are you understanding it? You see, as he is giving you the vision that he has for you, he's also making you aware that the provision is abundant, is there, is there. So on your road to to, to fulfilling his vision for you, there's, there's assurance of provision. I hope you understanding what I'm saying. So, you say, what vision should I have? Listen, there are many visions you can have, but if you ask me, after the years of living on this earth, have the vision that God has for your life. The vision that you should not perish, but have eternal life. The vision that through his power, he will make you bear fruit and your fruit will remain. In other words, the vision that through his power, your life will not be like a wind that has passed away and nobody remembers you. Do you know that? Do you know that when my time comes to depart this earth, I'll be gone. But the works of my life here on this earth will not go. You know why? Because I may be gone, but the works that my life accomplished is not my works. It's his works. And he never dies. So that I'm finished and gone doesn't mean he's also finished and gone. I hope you understand what I'm saying. Do you get it? And, and you see, I can assure you something. It will provide, you see, in the and what's that whatsoever you shall ask of my father in my name, it may be given to you. So if in pursuing his vision, I need money to pay the school fees of my children, it will be given to me. And it has been given to me. Look, most of the things that are the concern of an average person. It's not my concern. Oh, no, 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 no. You see, you want a car so that when you pass by, they will know that you have passed. That's, 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 that's not my problem. Do you get it? I want a car that when I pass by, nobody will know that anybody has passed by. You see, that's why, that's why my car number plate is not special. And, and though, though I am the only person in South Africa that drives the car that I drive, I didn't set out to do it. No, I didn't set out to do it. It's not, it's not like a dream that I want to have a car that nobody has. No, it just so happens. I just wanted a car. That will move me from point A to point B. But you see, he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask or think of. So you see, I didn't, I didn't, I, I have no, I didn't sacrifice my life to be unique. I mean, how, how does it feel when you are driving a car, a simple Toyota car, and yet white people come and be taking pictures of your car? How does it feel? You know, especially in this country where there's so much racism. Do you get it? Where, where they, would, they would take pictures of your car. Do you get it? But of course, it means nothing to me because that's not what I want. 
It's not a dream. It's not a dream. I know who I am. And you see, I am what I am, not because of my making, but because I've been made so. He said, I am a peculiar person. So I'm not striving to be peculiar. That is what my maker, my master, my savior says I am. Do you get it? So, so what happens is that, what happens is that not striving to be peculiar makes my expenses for this life also very low. So I don't have a lot of headaches. I don't have a lot of headaches. I mean, the headaches that I have, they don't come from where most people's own come from. The headaches that I have is how to get you to believe. And it's a quite a big headache. But the Lord is with me. It's, it's my headache is how to get you to like your Bible and read it so that the wisdom of God will be your wisdom. That's, that's my headache. I tell you, what, for, the, for quite a while now, I've been so burdened. Lord, how would your people be able to love your word? Because, you see, I see that a lot, not a lot of us, all humanity needs the wisdom of God, which is his word, to guide our lives. But very few humanity, if it's a good English, actually go for it. Including those who come to church. That, that's, why, that's why I have to stop the service and do a Bible study. Because, and I don't do it at the end because you will go. Are you with me? So I'm trying to show you something. And then the next phase of what I'm saying is that there's nobody, or let me not say there's nobody, but as I look at through the Bible, when God engages his creation, a human being, he always gives them the vision he has for them. When he created Adam, he didn't create him and say, okay, Charlie, this is a nice place, be happy. No. He says, I've put you in the garden. Be fruitful. The Bible says, and the Lord blessed them. Be fruitful and replenish or fill the earth. Have dominion. Genesis chapter 1. Have dominion. And he gave him what to do. He said, and said unto them, be fruitful. In other words, there's something to do. You just don't exist and be eating and existing. Be, you have to be fruitful. So in terms of being fruitful, you have to be close as a man and a wife. You may not like it, but you have to do it. And thank God if you like it. He said, multiply, multiply. He said, it didn't, didn't say add, multiply. Have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fossil and over every living creature that moveth upon the earth. So you see, there's a clear vision of what is expected of his creation. Now, when he called Abraham, he said, and the Lord, verse 12, Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. And the Lord God said to Abraham, or had said to Abraham, Get thee out of thy country, from your kindred, to a place. He said, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. To do what? And I will make thee a great nation. You call one person a nation. Because that's the vision. My vision for you is to make you a nation. You know, I'm trying, you see, so you could have died with just a tribe, or not even a tribe, a little family. But God said, no, 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 it's too small. All the breath that I'm giving you is only a small family that can come out of. No, I want to make a nation out of you. And I say, I'll bless thee, and I will make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. So the vision of God is so clear. I hope we understand what I'm trying to say. That God didn't say, Abraham, come. 
Shall I like to be your friend and I like you to be my friend and then we'll, we'll hang around and see what the next day brings. No, no, no. You see, and because, because of what the vision God gave him, when he didn't have a child, he said, look, how can you make me a nation without a child? So when, when he got the chance to talk to God, he didn't ask, Lord, I don't have properties. I need more properties. He said, what would thou give me seeing I go childless? Because, you see, he bought into the vision of God for his life. God says, I'll make you a nation. And a nation, you don't have children. So Abraham asked God, what would thou give me seeing I go childless? Save this Eliezer, a servant of my house. See, he says, seeing I go childless. And the steward of my house is this Eliezer of Damascus. And the Lord said to me, the Lord said to, the Lord, and, and Abraham said, Behold, to me, thou hast given no child. Lo, one born in my house is my hair. In other words, like somebody that is slave that has been born in my house is my, my lineage. Why don't you give me my own child? He said, you make a nation out of me. I believed it and I set out. So we are on it. We must be on it. So you see, his concern was that I've been told I'll be a nation. And a nation I will be. And I stepped out. But I can't see it. So when he got a chance, immediately he asked the Lord, Lord, where's the child? And the Lord said, no, no, no. It will not be so. You will have your child. Jesus called the fishermen and said, follow me. I want to make you fishers of men. They believed it. I said they believed it. And they became fishers of men. The, fisher, the fisherman who is catching fish. That was a struggle. When his ministry began, when he stood to preach, 3,000 people gave their life to Jesus. And out of their ministry and out of their lives, the gospel has come to us. Hallelujah. I said, it, you see, as it was their work that brought about the problem for Paul. You see, it was the work of the apostles that brought about problem for Paul. That, 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 it, you see, it is because the apostles were becoming what God had made them to be, fishers of men. People were now coming to Jesus through their preaching that Paul decided this thing must stop. And he met up with Jesus. Or Jesus met up with him. And he said, what do you think you are doing? Come, come, come. I need somebody with such a zeal like you. Go. Go and tell the other non-Christian. Because Peter, Peter was, a, uh, was a racist. You see, Peter was into... I am a South African. You are not a South African. I am a Nigerian. You are not a Nigerian. I am an Angolan. You are not an Angolan. Peter was into those things. Because after you have preached and 3,000 people have given their lives to Christ, you are still thinking that you don't relate with non-Jews. And you could see that that thing couldn't go out of him. At a point, Paul had to rebuke him. Because he was fellowshipping with the non-Jewish non, non people. But as the Jewish people came around, then he started to draw back. And Paul really sorted him out. But as for Paul, he didn't have a problem. He was all out. Everywhere the Spirit led him, he went. In fact, he was looking for places where the gospel has not been preached. So that he would go there. Again, when Jesus called Paul, he gave him a vision. So listen, your vision will make you. And this morning, or this, this today, I have a word for you, and that is that God has a vision for you. Make the vision of God your vision. It will bring into your life every need of your life. But above all, 
you would experience the power of God and make you significant. Oh, yeah. You will not be an old man with a lot of regrets. You will not be an old woman with a lot of regrets, no. But you'll be a fruitful old man and old woman. You, you, you'll be somebody whose life is a blessing unto people. Hallelujah. So what am I saying to you? What I'm saying to you is that your vision would make you. In other words, there are a few scriptures I wanted to share with you, but some other time. You know, if you accept the vision that God has for you, you are assured of him financing it. Oh, yes. I said, you are assured of him financing. What is my evidence? You see, Jesus had a vision for the disciples. But he told them they need a certain power to bring to pass the vision. You see, many of us have visions for our lives, but we have not the power to bring it to pass. And many, many things stop it on the way. Oh yeah, many things stop it on the way. But you see, when you adopt the vision of God for your life, I want to make you a peculiar people. A people that will show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You see, when you accept that vision, that, that like First Peter, I think, is it two, five or so? There's a we also as lively stones. I think Second Peter 1, 5 or Second Peter 2, one of the two, five. It's a we also as lively stones are being built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Christ Jesus. Yeah. This is what you, God wants you to, he wants you to be an offerer of spiritual sacrifices. You know, we make sacrifices. We make a lot of sacrifices. But the sacrifices are of no value. I mean, some of you have sacrificed your life for, you know what? Pastor Teddy says a boy. And, and when he was leaving you, he didn't take his time to even say it nicely and try to make you read into it. He just dropped you. Say that somebody has been trying to put you together and still it has not been put together. You know, you know, a lot of people make sacrifices. Eh? Some people sacrifice their family for a man. Oh yes, oh yes. Oh, yes. The sacrifices. You see, the Bible says the things they sacrifice, I think Corinthians, the things they sacrifice, they sacrifice to idols. Please look for it for me. The things they sacrifice, they sacrifice to idols. I think it's, is it 1 Corinthians 10 or something? I'm not sure of the verse. But I know. It says the things they sacrifice, they sacrifice to idols. But meanwhile, God wants you to be, he said, to offer up spiritual sacrifice. No, no, no. The, the phrases, the things they sacrifice, they sacrifice to idols. It's not, it's not this one. First Corinthians 10, verse 20. Is, you are in the right place by verse 20. He said, but I say unto you, the things which the Gentiles sacrifice, the things which they sacrifice, they sacrifice to devils and not to God. As for the sacrifice, hey, you will make it all. No, I'm not going to make any sacrifice. Oh, look at you, look at you. You are already making it big time. You're already making a big time. 
Just that I don't want to say it in church for everybody to hear what you are, what you are doing. But is there anybody here can say that I'm making no sacrifice anywhere? Do you get it? But God has called you not to offer sacrifices to idols. You see, in those days, idols were things that were created. But in these days, our idols are digital. Digital idols. Are you with me? We don't, we don't go to a place. They are, they, our idols are always with us. They feature in different aspects of our lives. But they are always present. And we make sacrifices for them. Some of us, we can't wake up to pray. But we, can have, we, we can't even stay up half night to, to pray. Or to even listen to preaching. But we can stay up all night. Having many rounds. You thought I wouldn't come there. No, this one, I'm making a transit. I'm making a transit. I hope you understand what I'm saying. But you see, God has said, he says, as lively stones are being built up a spiritual house to offer sacrifices, spiritual sacrifices unto our God. It says, ye also, just like Jesus. The beginning verses was talking about Jesus. It says, just as Jesus, as lively stones or as stones that are living are being built up together as a spiritual house and holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Are you blessed? How many are going to make sure you have the vision of God for you? First of all, how many are going to have a vision? You must have a vision. I said, you must have a vision. You see, if, if not anything, I just have a vision that makes you a better human being. I said, have a vision that makes you... Some of you, you are, you are, you are bitter to taste. Hey. Some of you, every time somebody tastes you, I'm not talking sexually. Yeah, because that's, that's what your mind went to. I just felt that that's where you went. I felt it. I felt it in my spirit. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about you as a human being relating with. Some of you are bitter. It's like your taste. Mm-mm. If it's not bitter, it's rocky stones. By the time the person finishes tasting you, their mouth is sore. Some of you are like stones, stones. By the time the person leaves touching you, they are bleeding. Look, have a vision. Have a vision that I'll be sweet in people's mouth. That I will, I will be smooth in people touching me, interacting with me. They will not bleed from touching me. And when I enter people's mouths, I will not leave their mouth with sauce. Have a vision to change your character. To be a caring person. I said, have a vision. I said, have a vision. Don't say that's how I am. That's not how you are. That's how you have chosen to be. You can change it. You, you think I was talking only about vision, about how to have money. No. Have a vision to be a sweet person, a good person. Have a vision that when somebody encounters you, they will say they have encountered Jesus. They have encountered an angel. Let your prayer be to God. Lord, I want to be holy like Jesus. I want to be a special, nice person like Jesus. Who even sinners were comfortable around. 
that they, they could receive mercy. Who, 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 would, who would let mercy triumph over judgment? Hallelujah. Have a vision. And you say, Pastor, how would that give me food? You know what? I wanted to close, but because of the question you asked me, I'm coming down. No, I'm coming down. I'm coming down for you. I wanted to stay up there, but I just feel like coming down because of the question. How would holiness help you? How would your sweetness help you? Let me explain to you. Most of us are not retained at our workplaces. Neither are we promoted because of the way we are. Our character is not nice. That, that, that's all. That's all. It's not because we can't do the job. It's because of your character. You see, when, when somebody interacts with you, they don't feel the need to promote you. It, it, it doesn't prick them one bit that let me do you good. Oh, yeah, yeah. When they interact with you, you know, there's a gentleman who did this thing for us and he's passed away. As I sat there, I told my wife, I've never missed a worker like that. That I'm missing him because our things are all completed. And if he was here, if he was here, and we decided to do this project, we would have finished by now. He doesn't, he doesn't ask you, I'm going to charge you this. He doesn't ask you nothing, nothing. Nothing, nothing. You pay him, but it's like whenever and whatever. You know why it's been left like this? We engage people, they give us their price. When they start working, then they abandon their work. We've had two carpenters. You give us your price, you say, okay, go ahead and do it. Then you abandon it. If, and we said, oh, if you feel that what you charge us is not enough as you are doing the work, let's, they don't even show up. Meanwhile, this guy, he will come and sleep here and do anything, anything, anything. Yeah. I have a painter who came to paint a small portion of my house one day. He didn't have a job. So when he finished, finished I don't know how, but my daughter helped him to look for a job on the internet, and he got a job. Do you know that the guy was recently, he's, he's from Zimbabwe, and he, had, he has applied for permit, but has not been given the permit, and he was arrested by the police. Do you know that his boss, his boss took a lawyer to get him out? And the boss says he's suing the police for arresting him because he has applied and he showed them the papers and they still arrested him. You see, your boss, he will not even look for you. I mean, some of you, and, and you see, listen, listen. I'm doing some painting work in my house and he came to do the work for me. He says his boss, they will not let him go. He, they will not let him. And I also said that I'm also waiting for him to finish and come and do my house. I will not let anybody do the house for me. I didn't ask him, how much are you going to charge me? It's not needed. It, it's almost like whoever gets him doesn't want to release him. But you, they want to release you very fast. It's not you, not you. Not you. It's, I mean, it just, it just happened to be around. Okay? Don't, don't think that I'm... Uh, you are in school, isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah, in your school, good. I mean, some of you, some of you, to be honest with you. So, so you are asking me, you are asking me that how does it profit you to have a vision of just being a good, a sweet person? The way it profits you is that when people encounter you, they don't want to let you go. Yeah, they don't want to let you go. And do, do you know that it is people who will make you rich? 
Look, I encountered a builder in our church. I encountered a builder. Nobody does any building for me, wherever he is. Finish this one and go and do this one. Finish that one and go and do this one. Yes. Yes, I'm telling you. I encountered him around 2017. Every project, it's like, he can't, he, the projects are too many for him. Why? It's the character. Not that he's the best bricklayer. No. But it's the, it's the person. Are you understanding me? So having a vision to be even a sweet person, it's a, it's a good vision. I said it's a good vision. It's a good vision. It's a good vision. But don't be visionless. I said don't be visionless. I said don't be visionless. Because the Bible says, when you are visionless, your end is perishing. But Jesus didn't come so that you will perish. The Bible says that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish. In other words, in other words, whosoever believeth in him would have a vision to live for. I said, whosoever believeth in him would have a vision to live for. You want to ask me which one is better, being a doctor or being a pastor? A thousand times being a pastor. A thousand times being a pastor. Nothing gives, gladdens my heart to see somebody that I sit down with that is in a difficulty and I say, do this, do this, do this. They do it and they get out of the difficulty. Oh, there's nothing. You have no idea. You have no idea. You have no idea. Your patients will never be happy seeing you. They sometimes frown when they see you. And the reason is because they've been waiting for a long time. And you have come late. But in, as a pastor, people that you just read Bible verses to are happy to see you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You just read Bible verses. The Bible that they have. You take it and you read it to them. And they are happy to have you. Are you understanding what I'm trying to say? So I'm saying, have a vision. And the best vision is the vision God has for you. In it, it will be every provision of your life. And over, over and above, your life will be purposeful. Your life will have eternal value. I said, your life will have eternal value. I said, your life will have eternal value. And I pray that by the help of the Holy Spirit, you will receive an impartation of the vision of God in your heart to live for Jesus. Let's rise to our feet. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I believe the Lord is speaking to somebody. And you know what? You know why I'm preaching what I'm preaching? Because you need faith. You see, unless you have faith, you will never believe what God says you are. And you will never believe what God says he will make you. You see, when the disciples got into a difficulty in John chapter 6, I think verse 50 something, when Jesus, everybody was leaving because Jesus made Seemingly the, 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 the not-so-tasty remark of he becoming, his flesh becoming the bread and his blood becoming the drink. They said, no, 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 no. We are hungry. We need food to eat, but we are not cannibals to be eating your flesh and drinking your blood. So from that time, the church started to finish. It took faith 
for the apostles or the disciples to stay. I said, it took faith for the disciples to stay. And what I'm sharing with you, Satan is not going to sit by and, and watch me talk to you unopposed. He's going to try you and shake you and make you not want to take the vision of God for your life. But your faith would make you take it up. And you will bear, you will see the blessing. You see the blessing. Because your faith will make you do what will please God. And you will see God's hand in your life. You know, 20 years from now, 30 years from now, you look back and you remember me wherever I am or wherever I may be. You remember me. He says, thank God for this man who spoke with us under the influence of the Holy Spirit. And our lives has never been the same. Your life will never be the same. I say, your life will never be the same. Through your faith, your faith will make you take on the vision of God for your life. Lift up your voice and thank the Lord for today. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Oh, we bless you. We bless you. We bless you. Whatever you lack, it shall change. Oh, as you embrace the vision of God for your life, you have testimonies of the Lord's provisions in your life. Doors of opportunities would open into your life to, to, to prove to you that God is true and that God is real as he did for me several years ago when he laid on my heart to serve him. He proved himself by three wonderful miracles, three wonderful happenings in my life to convince me. May the Lord give the same thing to you. Lift up your voice and thank him. Yes. Oh, yes. For every step you take towards his vision, may you receive an encouragement. May you receive divine support that will draw you gently. Even in your weakness, may the Lord give you a hand and lift you up and draw you to the vision. It may tarry, but it will surely come to pass. It may tarry, but it should surely come to pass. Because the Lord never lies. Whatever he says is what shall happen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We bless you, Lord. We bless you. We bless you. We bless you. That we can gather in your name and hear your voice speak to us. To encourage us and to tell us and to make us aware. That we must have a vision. And we must have the vision that you have for us. So that our lives will not be a sacrifice to idols. But our lives will offer up a spiritual sacrifice unto you through Jesus Christ. Oh yes. I feel excitement in my spirit. I feel joy in my spirit. I feel that God is lifting us higher and to the right place. For those who will believe and for those who will hear. Don't be left out. Don't be left out. Believe. Believe. He's calling you to a better place. He's calling you to a higher ground. He's calling you to fruitfulness. He's calling you to eternal fruits. He's calling you to a life that is fulfilling. He's calling you to a life that is a blessing. He's calling you to a life that is satisfying. He's calling you to a place where you are a blessing unto many. Oh yes, he would answer every need of your life. And that which you cannot do by yourself, he would do it for you. He would do it for you. He's a faithful God. He never turns back on his own and he never changes. He's the same yesterday, today and forever. He has promised us that as the rain comes down and watereth the ground, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, by accomplishing its purpose, so also his word would accomplish that for which it is sent. Today, as the word of God comes forth, lead known unto you that God's wishing for you will come to pass. In it is a blessing. Blessing for this life and blessing for the life that is to come. Oh yes. Fret not yourself. God will do it. I said fret not yourself. Worry not yourself. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication, let your request be made known unto God. Oh yes. Thank you Jesus. Thank you Lord. 
When it's all about you, it's, it's all, all about, about you, Jesus. I'm sorry for the things I've made it. When it's all about you, it's, it's all, all about you. I'm coming back. I'm coming back to the heart of worship. When it's all about you, it's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the things I've made when it's all about you. It's all about you. I'm coming back. I'm coming back to the heart of worship when it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. For the things I've made when it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. When the music fades. When the music fades and all is stripped away. And I simply come Longing just to bring Longing just to bring Something that's of worth That'll bless your heart I'll bring you more I'll bring you more than a song for a song in itself it's not what you have required lord you search much deeper you search much deeper within through the way things appear you're looking into my heart lord i'm coming back It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the things I've made it. When it's all about you, it's all about you. 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 Yes, it's all about you, Lord. It's all about you. Yes, it's all about you. That is all about you. It's all about you. It's all about you, Lord. It's all about you. Thank you, Father. That indeed it is all about you. But it, in as much as it's all about you, we are catered for. Our every need is in you, catered for. Thank you for this knowledge and for this comfort. That is not just about you in the human way, but it's about you in the fatherly way. Thank you for the vision that you have for us. For taking us out of the kingdom of darkness into your kingdom. For taking our feet from the miry clay and setting it on a rock to stay. Lord, may our faith not fail us. As you prayed for Peter, today we pray for ourselves. May our faith not fail us. May our faith not fail us. May our faith stand strong. 
to walk what we have heard today. That we not be hearers only, but doers. We thank you, Holy Spirit. As every head is bowed and every eye closed, you have an opportunity to be part of what God is doing amongst humanity. By turning to God and saying, you are God, I am human. You are the creator, I am the created. I come to submit myself to you totally. And I accept the way that you have chosen to come to you, which is Jesus Christ. And through his blood, I will come to you. Father, I come to you just as I am. And I accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. You want to say, Pastor, please pray with me. I want to be part of the children of God. Lift up your right hand. Let me pray with you. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Wherever you are standing, please quickly lift up your right hand. I want to pray with you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Lift up your right hand. Let me pray with you. Thank you, Father, for the lifted hands. Father, these are hands that belong to a heart. That says to you, God, I come to you just as I am. I am created by you. I belong to you. And I accept you as my God. And I accept the way you have chosen that I should come to you through Jesus. You lifted up your right hand. I want you to come. Let me pray with you here. I just want to pray with you quickly. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I surrender all. I surrender all. I surrender all. All to thee, my All to thee, my blessed Savior. Lift up your hands. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I pray for your precious soul. She's precious to you. And so you sent Jesus to die for her, just as for me. The blood was shed on Calvary for her, as it was for me. I thank you for salvation. And I thank you for the assurance that he who comes to you, you will know as cast away. As she has come, she will not be cast away, but be received by you. I thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. We believe you've been blessed by this message. Stay in touch by following our social media platforms at Strong Christian Church.